Welcome to interview one of The Bald Project. I couldn't have been more grateful to have Marina as my first interview as she provided so much incredible content. Being my first interview, we definitely jumped back and forth on topics and in the beginning, we just dove right into the questions. I promise I'll get better at the process, but I simply can't help but be proud of how this first interview went. For those of you starting chemo or are currently going through hair loss, I do hope this brings you a few tips to make life easier and some comfort in knowing you're not alone. Here's Marina telling you about her wilting flower and staying positive. Welcome to The Bald Project. I'm Marina. I'm 35 years old. I was 31 years old when I was diagnosed with stage 2 triple negative breast cancer. How long from the time you found out you were going to, from when you started chemo until you lost your hair? Um, I started chemo uh, April 1st, I believe, and I lost my hair 17 days after. They told me it'd be like 14 to 20 days uh, after, and so it was day 17. What, what did you do leading up to that time? When you found out you were definitely going to go through chemo and lose your hair, mm -hmm. what was that um, kind of preparation time for you? Yeah. I remember sitting in my consult, and it was my second opinion consult, so this is where I ended up having treatment. Um, and we were going over that I had cancer, the type of cancer, and they told me you're going to need to do chemo to beat this cancer if you do treatment here. And they said, you will lose your hair. My oncologist didn't want to beat around the bush. She wanted to make sure that was very clear, that I was going to lose my hair. Um, and we moved through the normal questions, surgery, how long. And that was the first time since I'd been diagnosed, which had probably been like over a week, that I really felt like a surge of emotion come on. And I, I remember feeling embarrassed because I started to cry and I said, I'm so sorry. And they said, not at all. And I said, it feels so vain because we're just talking about losing my hair and that's making me upset. And they said, no, this is real. You know, like you are going to go through this and you're going to have surgery and under your shirt, nobody knows what's going on. But when you lose your hair, that's outward and people are going to know what's going on. So it, it was just the first like big, big realization actually when we talked about losing the hair. Um, did you donate? Did you shave? What did you do? Yeah. And then um, getting over that emotion, like accept, accepting, I'm going to lose my hair. I, I, had, um, I had a book that was recommended that I referenced a lot. Um, and in the book, it suggested prepping by getting a wig. So I did a little shopping therapy and ran out and bought too many wigs. I had bought three wigs. <laughs> my recommendation is to start with one good wig that you're excited about. You don't need three wigs, but if it makes, if it's your clutch, then I guess your crutch, I guess buy three wigs. But, um, so I went and bought a wig. So that helped me feel prepared. And then the second thing I did was I went and got, um, a haircut. Cause at the time I had long hairs, like to the, my mid back. And, um, I went and cut it about like chin length to this really sassy, cute, like half bob. So that helped, like going from the long, bringing it short. It was just all like leading up to the losing the hair. So those are two things I did. Where did you go for your wigs? I went to um, 
so the can there was a boutique at the cancer center I went to. Um, they actually specialized a lot in the in the bra part of it, but not wigs. And so I ended up going to just a regular wig shop. Um, and it was probably the best actually, because I didn't feel like a cancer patient. I was just in a wig shop where women go to buy wigs and extensions. And so I thought that was great. It was way more fun. And I took a friend with me and we just tried on wigs. So I just, yeah. Let's talk about when you started to lose your hair. What was, was yeah. it daytime, morning? Tell me about that day. Yes. Um, it was a Sunday and I had uh, that week before I had some fun stuff going on, like a birthday party and like an outdoor festival I went to and I had stopped washing my hair by then and I called my hair um, a delicate dying flower because anytime I touch it, just more hair would start to come out. So I left the short cut the way it was and I just tried not to touch it that week before I was losing it. But that Sunday morning, it was very obvious that if I touched it, it was just like wilting, just falling away. And there was a lot of stress involved with that because it was Sunday and I was going into my work day the next day and I didn't want to wake up with the stress of like, what am I going to do with my hair at work? I work in the healthcare field, so I couldn't work on patients myself with hair falling out of my head. So I called one of my best friends who brought over her dad, who's a hairstylist, and they buzzed my head in my backyard. Can you um, talk a little bit about what it was like to have a man come and help you shave your head? I reached out to my cousin. He helped me shave mine. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, actually, I don't think it's, it's not the first head you shaved. Mm -hmm. And he was a professional, which also helped because I think men have more experience in buzzing than women do. So I think seeking a man to do that was actually like calming because men tend to have, uh, well, they're one way or another. Maybe they don't want to talk about cancer because it scares them or they're almost like, um, like less emotional, which is a little bit stronger for us women. So I loved having him buzz my head. So he was just a strong, silent support and he knew what he was doing. And what was yeah. his um, reaction when you... He was because I'm sure that he shaved a lot of male heads. Had he ever shaved a female head? And what was his yeah. experience, or how did he receive that? Yes, he had uh, shaved other males' heads, but he had also shaved other women's heads also because he had a lot of female clients as a hairstylist. So, um, so he also knew other women that had, had cancer and that were going to lose their hair. So he had shaved the heads of a couple women that I can remember. So. That's how relevant this is, you know. <laughs> you think you're the only person, and you're you're not, which is, you know, good and bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So, do you shaved it with clippers? Yes, he brought over clippers. Yeah, he brought over clippers. Um. Yeah, we didn't like close shave it. We he shaved it down as low as his clippers would go, because he was worried about if he went too low right away that the skin is really sensitive, especially during treatment, and my skin would be more irritated. So he just decided to just clip as low as as that would go. Mm -hmm. Did at any time you end up shaving with a razor? I did not. So then. I had to go through losing the stubble, yeah. which is another hair loss. <laughs> yeah. How long mm -hmm. did, um, if you recall, did it take from when you started losing it to like when the stubbles finally 
finished out? Do you remember how long that was? Ooh, I would try to remember because losing the stubble is another hard part because it's uncomfortable and you're already going through uncomfortable stuff with treatment. So going to bed, you felt like you got your hair cut every day and all these little hairs are just poking you, whether they're poking in your head or your neck or they're on your pillow, like dog hair embedded in your pillow. So it probably, it took another good couple weeks, you know, like probably another cycle, probably another two weeks. So it probably was May from when I started chemo April 1st. It was probably May until that all felt like it was out and softer. So let's talk about the thing that um, a lot of people don't talk about because they always focus on the hair, on the head, on the style. Let's talk about the mm -hmm. lashes and the brows and yes. not having to shave your legs yes. for Arizona winter. Yeah. If you don't know what a Brazilian is, you'll know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's, yeah, so it's true. So ugh, there's so many stages. So now I'm accepting that, okay, I've lost my hair, the stubble's out and I'm feeling more comfortable. And then some time's passed and now the eyebrows start to thin. And I have dark hair, so you can see that that's going. Um, so I had to learn how to fill in my eyebrows more, which I was not good at before, which don't be afraid to ask other people for advice on that because there are lots of women that have thin or light eyebrows and I got very little sympathy about losing the eyebrows, but other women will share with you how to fill in their eyebrows. So that's something I just had to learn how to do. Actually, I ended up going on YouTube and like Googling like how to do makeup for eyebrows because I hadn't really done that before. So when you started losing your brows and your eyelashes, was that equally as hard as losing mm -hmm. your hair? No. Losing the eyebrows was not equally as hard because I could fill it in with makeup and that was normal and I think a lot of women fill in their eyebrows. So the eyebrows to me was not as hard. Um, um, the eyelashes came last as far as losing the hair. Um, so it had been, it was a couple months after I started chemo. So I think that's why it kind of like blindsided me. Um, they started to fall out. Um, I just kept putting on mascara and doubling it up. And I remember the week that there was like like five stragglers hanging on. And it was like that week I felt a lot of anxiety again. It was like the anxiety I felt right before losing my hair. Um, I accommodated with just like, again, I think probably a friend of mine did makeup and had come over and done some makeup with me. So she showed me how to like shadow in so it looks like there was more eyelashes or how to use some eyeliner. So that helped. Like a lot of people said they didn't even notice, but for me, I felt it and it was another process to like just work through. Did you end up wearing those three wigs? No. <laughs> I wore one of them um, twice and I donated the other two and I still have one just because it's so cute. But um no, I didn't. And uh, I didn't for a couple reasons. I don't think the wigs ever looked great on me. I, I, I have a small head, and I think everybody has a different size head and different shape head that I felt like the little girl in E.T. trying like wearing a wig. Like it was like it looked like I was playing dress up. So I just didn't ever feel comfortable. It didn't feel like me. And then it was summer in Arizona, and that's just miserable already. So no, I didn't feel like putting on this hot, itchy wig. Um, for work to look professional, I did wear head wraps, so I'd wear head wraps to work. Do you have any tips, um, when it comes to Arizona and bald heads? 
Yeah, getting a good head wrap. And so there's some that if you're like me and just all about time and convenience, you know, um, there's some that are already pre-tied and scrunched and they're really lightweight and soft. So I loved those ones. Um, and then just fashion scarves from like TJ Maxx, just silk fashion scarves, really soft and lightweight. I just think soft and lightweight is going to make you feel comfortable most places, unless it's winter and then you want to embrace something that's going to be warmer. What were, um, or were you ever surprised by anyone's reaction to your being bald? Um, I was surprised in a good way. Um, I didn't have... I didn't have too many reactions to the bald. Um, I think people, when I'd walk through the store and they'd see me, like if anything, if our eyes met and I was just in my zone shopping or happy, like they saw that I was okay and it probably made them like, they'd smile back more. Um, or maybe they didn't look. Like I never felt awkward like just out and about in public. Um, and then surprised in a good way, like another time my husband and I, my now husband and I, we were dating then, we're out to eat, um, eating dinner somewhere at a restaurant and, um, I didn't, wasn't wearing anything. So just bald. And the waiter comes over and says, uh, somebody just paid for your dinner. And I said, who? I said, oh, just somebody over there. You know, it was just, they just wanted to just be anonymous, but it was the nicest, sweetest gesture. Like we were just out on a date. I was bald. And so it just spoke to somebody, obviously. They just wanted to do something nice for someone. Can you, I know that you and your husband were dating at the time, so mm -hmm. that's not an easy thing. What yeah. was, <laughs> what was that like in your relationship? Cause for a lot of women, I know that that's yeah. in your relationship. Yeah. I think it could, it, it's going to go one way or another. It's either going to pull you together and make you stronger, which is what it did for us, or it's going to be really hard to work through and you have to put yourself first as far as getting healthy so I gave him the option since we were dating and um, I mean I liked him but I was like this is bigger than this right now I'm like I have cancer I need to get healthy um and so I tried to end things I said I don't think I can date you and do this at the same time and his reaction was no <laughs> I don't think that's the answer and then the best thing he said was just to address it he said if you're afraid of losing your hair or you're afraid you're gonna lose your breasts that's on you because I don't care about those things. And it was the weight lifted and the answer I needed to know that we could continue dating. Hair growing back. I yeah. know that's its own. Yeah, hair growing back. Okay, that was fun. Because <laughs> you never knew what you were going to wake up to. Every day was a surprise. Um, I had a lot of fun with Snapchat filters then. Because like I'd wake up with just... It, it, was, it, it grew back really healthy. Um, but healthy hair is going to grow back kind of soft and fine and have like no weight to it. So it's going to often probably curl or be like really straight for some people. For me, it was curly. So I'd wake up to this, this poof, you know, but, um, that was actually, so it was a little bit hard. I kind of just laughed at it because I was happy it was coming back and it was nice and healthy, but I had no idea how to style it. So I often would just tame it enough and even like clip it back out of my face until it got to a point that I could start to like actually like straighten it and blow dry it down. But yeah. there any time when it started growing back in those horrid in between stages that you yeah. were annoyed again or upset again? That was, I was annoyed with like the in-between stage of yes, like how do you style something that's not like, like if, especially if you know you're going to grow it out and, and I didn't, I had no clue how to style it when it was like a crazy fro. <laughs> 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 so 
So that was annoying. Um, but, um, but beyond that, I don't know. I guess it was just, um, I just had a good support around me. So I just didn't, I, I, I don't know. At that point, at that point, you've gone through enough usually with your treatment or your surgeries that it's almost like it doesn't matter as much then. It didn't matter as much as losing it to me because I was like, there is so much bigger to all of this than my hair. Is there anything else that you would like to say? Anything else that comes to mind? Mm -hmm. uh, it's okay to feel everything you're feeling. Like it's okay to have anxiety. It's okay to acknowledge that losing your hair is going to be emotional. It sucks. Um, and it's okay to talk to people about it and to do something about it. It's okay to go out and buy a wig, maybe not three. Um, <laughs> uh, the other thing fun that we did I would recommend is um, one of my best friends threw a wig, hat, and scarf party. And I thought that was awesome. I was super excited about it because I had never had a shower in my life. And so it was like, like a baby or wedding shower where I had friends show up and they brought silk scarves and they brought hats, like cute fedoras. And they donated some money to a GoFundMe that helped me, you know, go buy a wig um, or even just get through the treatment. So that was really cool. That was a really cool thing to do. And we did that um, like days before I started my first chemo. So I was going into chemo, like feeling all this support behind me. So that was really neat. I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that <is> yeah. Great. <laughs> um, okay. So final question is, you know, looking back on all the hard moments, um, if you could tell yourself something, if you could tell your, your bald self, you know, mm -hmm. you knew then what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Uh, you know, just um, embrace it, you know, because it's life and um, you are alive. And, you know, I told myself something really cool that, because I just believe in like trying to be positive because you have a choice when you wake up every day. So when my hair started to fall out, I told myself it means the chemo is working. And that gave me some power behind losing my hair because it was, you know, killing off rapid growing cells. And that's going to mean your hair, but it's also going to mean your cancer. And by the time chemo was done and by the time all my hair and eyelashes and everything was gone, we could not find the tumors I had too. We could not find them on any images. So I was going into surgery with this, with great results. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Having Marina end up in a good place before she went into surgery just seemed like a really good place to end the podcast. I did let the audio continue to roll that day and she found some other things she wanted to say and I had another question to ask. So I figured the rest of the audio would still be good content for you guys to listen to. I do hope you enjoyed the podcast. I look forward to my future interviews. If you're out there and you'd like your story to be heard, please feel free to contact me at thebaldproject.com. No matter where you are in the world, I'm pretty sure we can make it happen. Anything else? Oh. Yeah. Um, the, well, something, another positive to take from your experience is something that um, I've talked to about with other survivors, but is, uh, is embracing it, is um, enjoying the lack of getting ready in the morning. 
<laughs> if you're gonna take a positive from it, you know, you don't have to. Oh my gosh, so I was like, I'm losing my hair. And I was like, mom, take this really expensive shampoo because I'm not gonna be using it. And it was almost like I was feeling sorry for myself by donating my shampoo to somebody else. Again, probably don't do that because your hair is gonna come back and you're gonna need your shampoo again. <laughs> so don't just get rid of all of your hair products that you love. Hold on to them and know that you're gonna pull them out again someday. Um, and then just enjoy the time that you're not washing your hair, you're not styling your hair, you're not blow drying your hair, you're not shaving your legs, you're not shaving your armpits. So that's again, just another positive. And it's, if you're not laughing sometimes through this journey, you're gonna do a lot of crying. So don't be afraid to laugh. I thought of a question. Um, what did you do with all your wigs and your scarves in your hat? I, um, it was actually really hard for me to find anybody that would take stuff. Um, and so I think I, that's why I think this, this project is great, the Bald Project. I think anything that can help women connect because they would not take donated wigs because of the risk for infection. So they would not take them at the hospital because somebody, another woman had them and your immune system is compromised. So actually I wasn't able to directly give them to some, to back to the hospital for somebody to use. So it was really disappointing. Um, and a lot of the scarves, I mean, I just ended up just donating that stuff. So if somebody finds an easy way to pass that along, I think that should be shared because I actually had a hard time with that, like finding how to pass it along. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Love your face. Thank you. <laughs> How do you feel about that? It's um, good. Questions? That was great questions. It made me yeah. think of some stuff I hadn't thought of in, in a while. Well, I think that some of those things, too, that people don't think about. So over yeah. time, yeah. I have developed like a surgery sheet question. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I think I've done enough research. I was like, have you though? Yeah. Your questions like, are have great. You asked your doctor? When you wake up after surgery, what you're going to be in? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's the question that's making you panic. You don't yeah. know that that's a question. That's yeah, yeah. And I know enough about surgery going in the hospital. Yeah. I wear yeah. loose pants. I wear a button-up shirt every time I go mm -hmm. because you don't have the arm strength to pull up your pants and you can't get something up over your head. I wear a maxi skirt. So, yeah, I wore those to chemo. I don't have to push down or get up. I can just sit like this yes, and yes. my skirt up. I wore those ex like exclusively to chemo, mm -hmm. just those long cotton skirts. Yep, because they were just, it was like wearing a blanket too. It was comfortable. So what do you do? I remember when my hair mm -hmm. grew back, because um, I've got so much hair. Yeah. I was like Wolverine too. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sides. But the, I, what I think I remember the most was that the little bumps. Yeah. Like oh, the stubble from your arm hair, yes. In like the head, like yes. I had those little bumps, like the hair's okay. underneath getting ready yeah. to push through. Yeah. And I just like, I remember just making myself a coconut. As I was say, exfoliate. Mm -hmm. Yep, exfoliating. Oh my gosh, it's so true. All right, so Ugh. hold tight on the.